Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. Today's sermon text is from Deuteronomy 18, 15 through 20. The passage will be on the screen for you, or if you like, please turn to Deuteronomy in your Bible. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You shall heed such a prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, If I hear the voice of the Lord my God anymore, or ever ever again see this great fire, I will die. Then the Lord replied to me, They are right in what they have said. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of the prophet who shall speak to them everything that I command. Anyone who does not heed the words that the prophet shall speak in my name, I myself will hold accountable. But any prophet who speaks in the name of other gods or who presumes to speak in my name a word that I have not commanded the prophet to speak, that prophet shall die. We kind of just popped in the middle of that passage. And if you hadn't been reading along faithfully in Deuteronomy, which I know you all read all the time, because it is the Bible's most thrilling book, right up there with Leviticus and Numbers. Those are jokes. Thank you, Levi. You had a smirk. I'll take it. Uh, Well, in case you're wondering where we are, it's Moses speaking. And so uh, God's people have come up out of Egypt, right? You know that story. Uh, I almost played a clip from the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, you know. Uh, By the end, he had this really fake-looking beard, and it was just awful. So I decided not to subject that to you. Um, But he's come, Moses has led God's people up out of Egypt. They've crossed the Red Sea. They've gone to Mount Sinai. They have received the, the Ten Commandments. They've made a golden calf. Moses has smashed the Ten Commandments. God gives them a new tablet with more Ten Commandments on it. They're the same ones, right? But um, they come out from Mount Sinai, and they end up wandering around the desert. Uh, a couple of things happen, and God gets on, or Moses gets on God's side, a bad side, just a little bit. And so they're wandering around 40 years, and one of the things that God says to Moses is that you can't go in with the people to the promised land. So our passage takes place right at the, uh, on, if you're looking at the map, if you can, well, look it up on your phone. Uh, a map of Israel and the Jordan River makes the west or eastern boundary of what will become the nation of Israel. And they are collected on the east bank of the Jordan River, about ready to cross soon, cross over into the promised land. And Moses is giving out some, some, uh, some final instructions. Uh, Now, one of the things that we have to understand about where God's people are going at this particular point, they are going into a land that is already inhabited by people who have lived there for a really long time. And these people don't know the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac or Jacob, the God of Joseph and Moses, and now uh, Joshua, he'll lead people in to the promised land. Uh, They don't know this God, and and so they are a people, a bunch of different people with lots of different religions. And some of their religious practices were really strange. Maybe not really strange for the day, but they might have included things like child sacrifice and worshiping to to idols and 
the passage right before this will mention specifically like uh, trying to talk to people who are dead and sorcery and witchcraft and all of those things. And, and Moses, is, he knows that he's not going to be able to go in with them. Uh, but if we, if we read the Old Testament up to this point, the very small part that we have to this point, one thing that will be incredibly clear is that God has not left and will not leave his people without a clear uh, voice to guide them in the way that they should go. Moses has been that person for the, the, last, uh, the last several years, and he's going to kind of turn that over to Joshua, but we don't know what's going to happen after Joshua. And so um, he's like, you, you, you can't go into this, this land without a clear understanding of who you're supposed to be, about who I am calling you to be, about my will for you in this particular place. And you can't go and you can't practice the religions of the people who are there because all of those things are going to take you away from being dependent on God. God's main concern at this point. Uh, he wants his people to be faithfully his people, to, to do all the things that, that he wants them to do, to, to honor their father and mother and to, to care for uh, the widow and the orphan and the poor within their midst. But that's not necessarily the practices of the people in the land where they are going. And so when Israel decides that they aren't going to follow God's law, they end up getting dependent upon themselves and not on God. And they don't do what God would have them to be. And they begin to think over and over again, well, we've got this. We don't need God to provide for us, even though God has shown all throughout the story to this point that God provides for his people. He parted the Red Sea. He gave bread in the wilderness. Water from a rock when there was no water. Uh, birds to eat from, from nowhere. Every day, God took care of them. So they wandered around the, the wilderness. Their clothing didn't wear out, and their sandals didn't wear out either. So God is, uh, God is sending them into them. And he says, Moses says, I can't go with you. But he says, he says, well, actually, I've got ahead of myself here. He says, uh, I'm going to raise up a prophet for you that's going to be like Moses uh, because this is what you requested uh, on Mount Horeb, the day they assembled when you said, if I hear the voice of the Lord my God anymore or ever again see his great fire, I will die. Now, one of the things uh, that happens in this whole story after Israel comes up out of Egypt is, is God is talking to his people and it's a rather frightening event. Uh, the language of the Old Testament is that like in thunder and lightning and they actually like the, the actual language is like they, they see the lightning and they see the thunder. I don't know if you've ever seen thunder, but that's pretty intense thunder, I think. I know you don't really see thunder. It's like hearing purple, but anyway, uh, so that like it's, it, it's intense and it's, it's, frightening and he's been leading them with a pillar of fire and, and a pillar of smoke at night and by day and, and they said we have had enough of this like Moses you seem to be cool with God you go talk to God for us and you tell him you tell, you tell us what God has said because we will die if we ever encounter this God again now uh, that's good for Israel I guess 
I wonder how things would have played out differently had they been a little more accepting of being able to hear from God directly. Um, well, anyway, so this, this uh, he's saying, you know, like this is what, what God is going to do. He's going to, he's going to rise up a, a prophet that's, that's like me. Now, we have to understand a couple things about prophets. Um, prophets aren't necessarily fortune tellers. I think I said this the other week. Uh, it, it's not like they um, just kind of look and stare off into the future and say, this is what's going to happen. Uh, but they are people who, who God speaks to, who God tells uh, what he's going to do based on what Israel is doing. Uh, a couple of, maybe to help you understand this. It's, um, it's based on relationship, I think. Uh, you have one of those friends uh, that you know so well and you've known them so long that you're in a situation and you just know what that person is going to do. Right? It, it may be your spouse. Uh, likely it's your children or your grandchildren. Uh, like you, you just know, you know that kid from the very beginning and you know what they are going to do and you can see it beforehand. Uh, fun example. One time, uh, Josh, our youngest, was maybe three or four and we were at a friend's house and they had three kids and we have three kids and they were all six kids playing in the basement and they had absolutely destroyed this playroom. I mean, like toys everywhere. You've seen this kind of thing before, yeah. Josh is, Shaking his head. And so me and the dad go down there and say, hey, guys, you need to clean up. And so they're cleaning up. And I see Josh. And he picks up a fly swatter. And he gets this look in his eye. And, and I could tell by the way he was holding it, like a lollipop, that he was going to lick the fly swatter. And I said to him, I said to him, Josh, don't you dare lick that fly swatter. And before it was out of my mouth, he had taken a big old slice of that thing. I, I got his permission. Like, to tell the story, right? You have to. You have to. Especially one like that, because that's going to follow him for a long time. Yeah. I'll give you candy. Don't worry about it. Uh, but it's that kind of thing. Like, I, I, I know my kid. I knew what he was going to do in that situation. I, I, I didn't have to have some kind of, like, special powers. It just, like, the relationship helped me to understand what he was going to do in that moment, even though I couldn't explain exactly why I knew he was going to lick the flies water. So, so God, this, this prophet that's going to be like Moses... It's not that he's going to like lead a new exodus um, or whatever, but, but it's that, that Moses is going to have the type of relationship or this new prophet is going to have the type of relationship that, that Moses had with God and the type of relationship that Moses had with the people. It's one where this prophet knows God's heart and knows what God wants and he knows the people and God can speak to him and can say to him, if you continue on this trajectory... It's going to go poorly for you. Don't you dare lick that fly swatter. Golden calf or whatever. Uh, the language, though, um, it's really plural. I will rise up for them prophets like you from among their people. I will put my words in their mouth, and the prophets who will speak to them uh, everything that I command. 
Now, uh, I think we're looking back at this because we are on the other side of Jesus, right? Uh, we, we might look at this and say, ah, yes, Jesus is the prophet that God is going to raise up. That's like Moses, only bigger and better and more powerful. And, and I, think, I think there's good things to, we can make that connection. Uh, that even all the way back here, that God is promising his people that he will not leave us alone without a voice to hear what he is saying to us. Uh, that God will not let us wander around without someone to guide and give us direction. Uh, but it's plural. And, and if we read uh, everything that happens between here and Jesus, we will know that God sends lots and lots and lots of different prophets. There's Isaiah and Hosea and Amos and Micah and Malachi and Zephaniah. Did I, get, I think that's right? Yeah. And God is speaking through all of these people. Sometimes they're good words. A lot of times they're not really, really good words. Uh, they're, they're words of rebuke and, and judgment. And, and I don't know about you. Parents understand this, right? Maybe kids don't. Like, we need those words spoken to us sometimes. Uh, those prophetic words uh, that say to us, if you continue down this path, these are going to be the consequences. Instead, choose this path, and these will be the rewards. That kind of thing. We, we know that. We, we need those people. We've had those kind of people speak prophetically into our lives because they know God, and they know us, and they know what God wants us uh, to do. Well, you, you might ask this question, and so Moses anticipates this next question. He says, how can we recognize a word that the Lord has not spoken to us? Well, like Moses ends up saying, like if, if the thing doesn't happen, it's not a word from the Lord. Now, a couple of things here. It's really easy in hindsight to, to look towards someone and to say, like, well, we shouldn't have listened to them because they weren't right. Uh, like how, oh, in the moment, how is Israel going to know in the moment that this prophet is from the Lord. Because there's going to be, and if we read the Old Testament, there are going to be prophets, people who raise up, who come and they try to tell us everything that we maybe want to hear. Uh, maybe they, they tell us things because they have a vested interest in us doing something. Like, you need to do this because I'll get a jet plane out of it, right? Uh, or, or maybe even well-meaning people that say, Ah, this is the way we should go. And, and they think they know, but they just, well, they haven't been like Moses. They haven't had the relationship with God or maybe even with you to where ah, they know really what God is calling us to. Well, we, we have to make this for us too, right? And we, we have to be honest about who we are as the church as opposed to Israel, right? So Israel was the, the 12 tribes of Israel. Everyone there could trace their descendants back to, to Abraham. I'd called them to be their chosen and special people and, and said, I'm going, to, I'm going to speak to you. You're going to be my people and I'm going to be your God. Like we, ethnically anyway, we aren't those people. But on the other side of Jesus, right, that, that God has still not abandoned us to, to just find our own way. 
that, that through Jesus Christ, right? Something new has happened through his life and his death and his resurrection and his ascension to be with the Father. Like he is, he is fixing and restoring creation and making it good and new again. And we'll look at this in a couple of months. Like he gives us the Holy Spirit uh, to speak to us in the way that Moses might speak to us, uh, to, to discern, help us to discern what it is that we should do and where we should go, how we should act, and who we should be. Well, Moses gives a couple of criteria. And, uh, you know, if he's like, if these things come true, this is who, this is how you're going to know. I, I don't know all the time if those criteria kind of match for us. Uh, so maybe the question is, in the world we live in now, uh, how is it that we are going to discern who it is that God has sent to speak to us? Because just like Israel, we live in a place where there is a multitude of voices. Israel goes into this, this other land where there are lots of other religions and they are doing other things and that's their lifestyle and this is how we should do it. That's how they should do it. They want you to do it and Israel will succumb to that over and over and over again. And I don't think that our position in life here and now in America, especially since the world is so small with the internet, I don't think that our world is any less pluralistic in its beliefs than it was for Israel going into the promised land. Uh, there, are, there are a ton of people who style themselves as Moses-like uh, Moses prophets who were going to tell us what we should do. Some of them are on TV. Well, a lot of them. Some of them are inside the church and mean well, and some of them are not inside the church and still on TV. So I think, there's, um, I think there's a couple of things that we must do. Um, and I really, think, I really think for Israel and for us uh, that this passage is, while it's about authority, while it's about authority that God gives to someone to speak in our midst, it is equally about us in our preparation to hear what it is that God is going to say to us. Israel has a responsibility of its own. The church has a responsibility of its own. We have a responsibility not just to think that if we do nothing, God's word will come to us. So a couple things. Uh, First, we must always seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We must pray and ask God that God will guide us as we discern which voices we will follow. This is what I mean by like doing the hard work. It's not just saying, Lord, help me know, and expecting God to be like, yes, you know. As much as I want you to pray for wisdom, because that's like the best thing to pray for, right? Really, it is you got to sit down 
And you got to critically examine the people you are listening to. Uh, you have to say, who is this that's speaking to me? What is it that they are saying to me? What is their agenda? This is the cynical millennial in me, just barely a millennial. I am, I am, everybody has an agenda. Like, everybody. I have an agenda with you. Let me be very, very, very clear about what my agenda is with you. My agenda for us, for you, that I want you to do is to learn as best as we can how to love God with all we are and to love our neighbor as ourselves. We have to look at the people we watch on TV who are telling us what truth is and say, what is their agenda? Who is paying their salary? Second, uh, we must know the scriptures, both the Old and the New Testament, to reveal to us the character and nature of God. And Jesus is the fullest representation, revelation of who God is. If you want to know who God is, you have to look at Jesus. We need 100% the Old Testament, though, because we have no idea what God is doing in Jesus without the Old Testament. But we have to sit down and we have to search these things. And I know I, I say this a lot recently, and I am, I'm beating a dead horse with telling you to like study scriptures, but I'm going to beat this horse until it is dead six or seven times. And I said this again, more than one time. Like, this is more than just taking your Bible and saying, I read the Bible, I'm going to check it off my to-do list, but it is sitting in silence, preparing yourself to hear from God, reading slowly, thinking about and chewing what he said, talking to God about what you've read, listening to God speaking to you and talking with others about... These are back there, by the way. Talking to others about what God has, has done. There's a reason that God called Israel his people, plural, and not his individuals. It's a reason that's plural because God is speaking to them together and he anticipates that his people, Israel, his, he anticipates that his church, you and I, will gather together to discern what it is that he is saying to us. That we will gather together and say, this is what this person is saying. This is what I'm hearing someone say that this truth is. This is what I'm hearing someone say that this is what the church should do. And then we ask ourselves those questions about agendas and where they're coming from. And we ask ourselves, does this, was this consistent with what God has done through scripture in the, in, across time? Is this consistent with who Jesus is and what Jesus has asked us to do? Are we running everything that someone we might say is a prophet through the double command thingy that Jesus says? Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourselves. 
Does what this person suggests that I do, who I should be, what I will become, does this help me love God and my neighbor as myself? Or does this help me love myself? As cheesy as this is, we have to ask the question, what would Jesus do? Uh, Third, uh, if we're serious about following God's commands, every voice we hear must be filtered through double, yeah, I've already said that. Double love command, loving ourselves and loving our neighbor. I think there's one more thing, though. I, I think that, that we, it's so important that we never, ever, like, just blindly follow somebody. That we never do that just by ourselves. This is why I have a problem don't get mad at me. This is why I have a problem with TV preachers. Some of them are super well-meaning people. I don't know any of them personally. But it is just you in your living room or on your phone hearing from that person devoid and, and barred from the contact of Christian community to discern whether what they are saying is what God is calling us to do. Now, if much of you want to watch a TV preacher, or on the internet, some other church, and you want to get it together and talk about what that person says, then yes, go do that. As long as it isn't just you trying to figure out what God is saying to us by ourselves. Does that make sense? I think this even includes me, right? Uh, That I don't want to be, I don't want you just to blindly follow the things that I say. Like this, this is my calling in life. Uh, to, to be a pastor, to study scripture and to proclaim it to you. But my calling in life involves you reading scripture with me. As I've been saying that for the last couple of months, like I can't read the Bible by myself. I need you. And just, so don't take my word for it. Let's get together and talk about it. At the end of the day, I, I hope I hope that you and I can be for each other and for me the kind of prophet like Moses was. That uh, has this relationship with God that is so deep that you know that you know what God is saying to us, that you have this relationship that's so deep with each other that you know what this other person is going through and doing, and that in that interplay of relationship between you and God and those around you, that you might be able to say, this is what I think God is saying to us. This is who I think God is calling us to be. This is what God is calling us to do. I hope that I can be that for you, hope and pray that you can be that for me. I hope and pray that you can be that for each other. If we can't, then we end up like Israel. After they go into the promised land, they will follow God for a while. And then they will listen to all the other voices that are around them. And they will serve other gods. And they will do other things. 
and they will suffer the consequences of that unfaithfulness. And that's what will be, but read the book of Judges. Every time Israel suffers the consequences of their unfaithfulness, God raises someone up to bring them home. So even if we can't be faithful all of the time, we have this hope and this faith that God is going to continue to work on us, that God isn't going to stop sending us people to help us to know as people, as a church, who it is that we should be, what we should do, where we should go. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we, uh, we look at your word and someone like Moses and we think, wow, that was such a big thing and Moses was such a great guy and we could never hope to have someone like that in our lives now. But I think, Lord, that, that this is what you are calling us to be. That because you care for us, so deeply because you have called us to be your people and you were never uncalling us to be your people that you are raising up for us prophets like Moses who have the relationship with you and have a relationship with the people around them that they intimately know who it is that you're calling us to be and and that you're giving us people to guide and direct us. Lord, help us as we, as we navigate this crazy world with all of its turmoil and all of its disruption and all of the people shouting at us from every different direction. Lord, help us to look and see and, and know the right people. Help us to critically engage all of the voices around us. Help us to critically engage your word, asking ourselves over and over again, who are you, God? Who are you in Christ? What does that mean for us? What would you do? Help us to filter everything that we do and all of the things that we might think and all of those voices through the question of whether it helps us to love you with all that we are and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Lord, at the end of the day, we confess that we are like Israel. We are stubborn and stiff-necked. And we don't want to go the ways that you would have us go. But we ask that in the end that you would be faithful to us in the ways that you have been faithful to Israel. Grant us the strength to do what you want us to do. Grant us the wisdom to see clearly and grant us the courage to do it. Pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.